Now I get it when Bob's like, it kind of gets you, and then you have to come up here and talk to people. Whew, that was a good one. Um, so a couple of years ago, I was invited to the Children's Division office, and they started this faith-based initiative, um, which eventually turned into this care portal conversation, um, and I was able to meet Kayla. She's a woman who works at the Children's Division office, and I just instantly fell in love with her. You are um, in for a treat. She's just this spunky girl, and she just has so much compassion, and her heart is huge, and um, yeah, so I just wanted her to be able to come and talk to you guys today. I'm so excited for you to meet her and just open up the conversation about um, children's division and foster care and what it is that she does and um, ways that we can help. So if you could just help me welcome Kayla this morning. Over, not he said not into, over. Good morning. Good morning. Gosh, Okay. Um, beautiful music by the band, completely different than I'm used to. Um, what a beautiful, beautiful worship service, and I'm just th- so thankful to you all to letting me come and talk to you about what I do. Um, I have notes, but I tend to stray. The Holy Spirit just kind of takes over, so if I get lost, just give me some blinks, okay? Um, I'm Kayla Uliger. I've worked for Children's Division for four, almost four years, um, for Buchanan and Ander counties, and that's the circuit that we live in, and that's the um, counties that we serve within our office. Um, It is a complicated system to explain in eight minutes, as I was given. Um, And so I'm going to do my best to give you a glimpse of something of what we do, but it's going to be, it's difficult to do because it's a complicated system and there's a lot to it. But um, I'm here to kind of... um, offer another perspective. Um, What a beautiful story. Um, Mr. and Mrs. Davis, I was going to say that. Um, Formal work code there. Um, And um, both of you for your um, story about sharing for adoption. I want to offer another perspective about foster care. Um, So international is is one way of adoption, um, but there's also a whole other route, and that's through foster care. And foster care, um, and I think one of the best ways that we talk about it, is championing for a kid who doesn't have someone to champion for them. And so um, in our line of work, we are given the task of responding to hotlines. If you see an abuse or neglect situation, people call in a hotline. Um, They make a decision about what to do that, and it gets sent to the field workers. That was me for quite a while. I still do that, but not as much. Um, And then we go out and assess the family. We work with the family, and we talk to them about, hey, what's going on? Like, what's going on in your life that this is going on with this kid? Um, I will tell you 98% of parents don't ever mean for their child to be injured or neglected. It's it's not, they don't wake up in the morning and say, yep, that's what I'm going to do today. But they've got a lot going on, and there's a lot of things going on in their life that they don't necessarily have control over or don't know how to get control over. And so we make an assessment. What needs to happen from there? Sometimes that's we work with the family and we determine, yeah, you don't need, the child doesn't need to be removed, but sometimes it is. We can't keep the child safe. You can't keep the child safe, and I can't work with you to get with a plan, so we're going to go to the next step, and that's requesting judicial custody of your child. So a child enters foster care, and I'm skipping a lot of steps there because there's a lot of steps, but let's say a child comes into care within our um, county. First thing I do is find a home for that family or for that child. Um, and so, and the, the best thing that can happen is if that child can stay here um, because school's here, their family's here, visits are here, everyone they know is here. Of course, it's awesome. It's great if they can stay here. 
Unfortunately, in Buchanan County, our foster homes have dwindled so much that like a third to a fourth of our kids have to go out of county because we don't have the foster homes for them. Um, I asked Bob what he wanted me to say or make sure you understand, and that's what does fostering look like and what expectations do you think a foster home would have to have? Does anybody have a reason right off the top of their head that they can tell me they wouldn't be a good foster parent? I don't know if I'm going to get anybody to respond. Not enough money, not enough time, not a big enough house, not enough beds. Um, Anything? Come on. Someone give me a response. There's a lot of you in this congregation. There's criminal past. Okay. Anything else? Nope. Okay. I think the number one qualification for a foster family is you're willing to love somebody that's not your own, and you're willing to give them back. Because a foster family is that you are willing to take that child in, show them what normal, show them what stable, show them what trauma-free looks like, help the family to realize what that looks like, and come alongside that family to help that kiddo go back to their parents. That's what good foster care does. Sometimes it doesn't work that way. Sometimes the kids can't go back. And sometimes they're adopted by their foster families. And that's awesome when it is. But a lot of the times, a majority of our cases, the kids go back. And that's good. And that's awesome. Because that's what we want. We want kids to be with those families if they can be there and be safe. So my challenge in here is expressing that foster care is not what we normally think about it. It's not always adoption. It's not always um, keeping them forever or finding them forever home. Sometimes it is. Um, I brought some statistics for you to kind of help you understand what it is, um, our county specifically, and we are very different. If you guys hear about like Jackson County, which is like downtown Kansas City, that's a whole nother beast. It's a whole nother thing. And so we're not, I'm not even going to go there, but today, um, so we serve the two counties and on any given month, we have 200 hotlines. Um, and that's up from two years ago. We used to only have about 170. So we have an average increase of those hotlines. And they spike around school times when school gets out and school comes in because those are our mandated reporters. Those are the people that are saying, hey, there's a problem, teachers especially, um, when you guys are first week of school is a bad, bad week for us um, and for kiddos because they're getting a lot of trauma. So when those hotlines are made, we go out and make an assessment. Most of the time, parents don't know that we're showing up. So we knock on the door, look of shock. That means the kiddo didn't know we were going to show up. Sometimes they do. Sometimes they told somebody something and they realize that this may happen. Um, And so that's a whirlwind to have people, the government, an agency to come into your house, ask you a lot of questions, determine if you're safe. You don't know us. You don't know what's going on. You don't understand the whole picture. And so we're charged with the task of figuring that out. Um, And so say that child comes into care, that next 72 hours is a whirlwind. There's going to be a lot of visits by social workers. There's going to be visits by doctors. There's going to be um, court appearances. There's going to be police asking questions a lot of the time. And I will tell you the number one most consistent thing, and I asked my older teens, um, I have four on my caseload, um, for today I asked them, what was the thing that made it the easiest? What was the thing that made it better? And all of them said their foster family. And that was the people who said, come in, sit at the table, don't worry about it for a second, let's just let you be normal, let you be a kid. And so I'm here to just, you know, I just, I hope you all can hear this conversation. Um, it's, a, it's a large spectrum of what you're able to do. Um, uh, I lost my train of thought, can you tell I'm just speaking? I told you, you started blinking at me. Um, 
within the 200 hotlines, we have 80 kids in care in our circuit. Um, of those, 35 of those kids are placed out of county. And so Bob had made it a mission, he and I had, had a meeting a while back, and I'm with him on this, is to be able to keep every child that comes into care in Buchanan County in Buchanan County. It's a huge task. Um, it's a huge undertaking, um, and it's a difficult task. But for the kids, that stability and that permanency is best achieved. That way they're not spending their time traveling. They're not spending their time back and forth in the car. They're not having to do phone calls instead of in-person visits with their families, all those things. Um, our statistics um, from March, I had to pull them from March because that's kind of how far back we are. Um, of those kids in care, 10 of them were 17 and older. So there's a lot of kids who get to that age and they just don't have anybody to champion for them anymore. A lot of people look at them like they're adults and they're not. Legally, they're kids and they just don't have anybody to give them that structure and stability. Um, Ten more were 13 to 16. That's one of our biggest needs within this county is older youth. A lot of people don't want those kids because they're trouble. They're into things. They have a mouth. They run. They do some really intense things. Anybody who has a teenager knows what I'm talking about. Even if they're totally normal with no trauma in their life, those are normal expectations of a kiddo. So you add all this change and instability and trauma into their life, absolutely that's going to be their response. And all they want is for someone to love them and say it's okay. Um, 10 to 12 had 14 kids. 4 to 9 were 29. And 3 and under were 16. We had 16 of those kiddos. So Pretty much in every age group, we're pretty even. The older teens are the hardest ones to find, and they're often the kids that we have to send out of county because we don't have a lot of older youth foster homes within our circuit. Um, I don't know if you guys, do they have these yet? Okay, you're going to get these, and there's one thing that's not on here, but um, you're, there's a meeting this week about um, foster parent meeting. So just talking to you about like what that looks like, what the procedure is, all those things. On here is not a phone number, but there is a phone number. If you're interested and you can't come to this meeting, it's something you're like, my, you know, God is speaking to me through this. I just, we may have a heart to do this. It doesn't mean you're committing. It doesn't mean you're putting an application in, nothing. I just want to talk to somebody about what this looks like. Google Cornerstones of Care. I was going to give you the phone number, but you're not going to remember. It's one eight five five serve kids But Google Cornerstones of Care in Kansas City, and there's a phone number. And you can call and talk to somebody, have an individual conversation about what's that look like. You can have a criminal history, sir. It depends what that criminal history is. It depends how long ago it was and what type of charges they were. So I think one of the – I have a T-shirt, and it's my favorite phrase for foster parenting is, you don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. And I think that that speaks most loudly to foster parents because I have foster parents of all kinds. I have every race, every sexuality, everything in between, and they all love those kids and they champion for them and they make the biggest difference in my cases about when those kids go home, how fast they can go home. If they can't go home, do they get to stay with those people who have championed for them? So I just, I'm so grateful to be here and kind of speak to you guys about, you guys are all giving me that blank stare. Nobody's smiling. Y'all got to smile a little bit. I'm the last speaker for the day. Come on. Um, um, I, think, I think just remember that for you um, when you guys start to have that conversation with, amongst yourselves and with God is that you don't have to be perfect perfect in your own eyes. You know, God thinks you're the perfect person of where you are and will love you and where you're at. And I invite you to ask questions and um, to look into that conversation and just ask yourself if this is something you can do um, and for your community and, and for within this congregation. This congregation is amazing about how many adopted, how, can y'all raise your hand about how many people have adopted kids in this congregation? It blows my mind. I mean, there's just like this 
because it's just not a common thing. And I think it's just an awesome, awesome thing. And to ask questions, these guys are experts on that process. And um, if you ever have any questions about that process or what that looks like or other ways you can get involved um, supporting foster families, you can also offer respite. So if one of your friends says, oh, we're going to foster, and you're like, I'm not ready for that, and that's okay, you can offer respite. That means you're giving them a break from these guys are going to want some respite. You're going to need a little bit of help along the way, and that's what your family and friends are for, right? And so just remember that, that the conversation doesn't have to be, if I can't adopt, I can't do anything. If I can't foster, I can't do anything. There's something we can all give and, and give freely um, in God's love. So I thank you very much for your time today. I warned you that she was spunky, right? <laughs> um, so to finish today, we're going to show a video that Care Portal sent us this week that we just really loved and wanted to share that with you as well.